0: What's going on, everybody? You're listening to Local Mash, the podcast, and it's me, Brad Lyons. This time, hanging out with a few of our friends from Venture Boy. We've got Matt Sanderlin in the studio with me. What's up, Matt? What's up, Brad? We got Mila. Hey, Mila. Howdy. And we got Cameron, of course.
1: Howdy! <laughs> That's
2: our new thing. We're a we're a country band now, so we say howdy. It.
1: Yeah, you
0: gotta you gotta take on all the affectations of of being from the country. Got to get that accent just right. Howdy! Well, I wish we could all be in the same room for this, and I you know we'll do that again sometime soon. But I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to to get on the phone and and Matt for you to come in and talk about. The new single, which I'm super psyched about,
2: dude. We just listened to it again out here in the in the control room, and uh, we're all really pumped about it. I think I don't want to speak for all of us, but I I think we're all really excited.
0: I know I am for sure. And before we even go any further, let's just go ahead. For those of you that have not that are listening to this podcast have not heard the song, let's just. Are you cool if we just play the song? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Then we can start the conversation. Yeah. Cool. All right, here's After Hours, the new single from Venture Boy. So that was after hours from Venture Boy. I'm with Matt, Mila, and Cameron from the band. I, I'm just going to start by saying um, I love this. When Matt and I listened to it over the in the control room over the speakers, I was like, "This song is perfect for this season." Right? It's perfect for the weather right now. It, this feels like a spring summer song. Like this is the kind of thing where I want to go out on a nice day, roll my windows down, play it really loud, and be kind of happy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's a happy song. I just oh, mean... I think it is overall. <laughs> right. Um, it's 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 not
2: dangerous to say that it is a happy song. Uh, most of our songs on the EP were kind of sad, and I think we all realize that. Um, I know Cameron and I spent a lot of time revising um, Visions and turned it into the song that it is, and then this new stuff is also pretty upbeat. How long did we spend on that, Cameron? On after hours? How many years?
3: <laughs> uh, we uh, a million years. We, we had we ended up with what like twenty different cuts of this track before yeah. we got this final one. Yeah, jeez, forever.
2: It literally took I think two years because we played it for the first time in twenty nineteen I think. Right, twenty nineteen. We played it at uh at Richter. Or we played it in Louisville. We, yeah,
3: and we, wow, we did. That's what I was gonna Louisville. say. Yeah, Louisville.
2: And it, and it had such a different. It was called Come See Me. It wasn't called After Hours. And it was. <laughs> do you want to tell the story about bad. how bad it was? It was.
3: <laughs> it was terrible. So we we did like. Mila
2: and Cameron are integral to this story.
3: Yeah. So when we played it, like for the first time, I want to say it was the first time at Richter. Mila was there and she wasn't she wasn't in our band at the time she so she was just there listening and like we played it so let me let me start let me go back a little bit so originally the bridge to this track was wildly different and like how would you describe it matt like not good other than <laughs> not good but like it was like pain,
2: painfully syncopated cuz like the whole song is that like you know, four on the floor thing right. now. Yeah. And before, you know, before that in the bridge, it suddenly like on purpose, we made it fall apart. We made the rhythm just stutter and do weird stuff. Very like have like broken halftime, like shattered halftime. And, uh, cause we were trying to be all like proggy and like our favorite, you know, Kim and I both love Mew. We were like, oh yeah, we're going to do this weird, like, you know, syncopated Mew thing. And and then, Ooh. but anyway, you pick it up from there.
3: So yeah, so going on that, so we get to that point, we, we, so I, I, Mila's like second row and I could see her and I'm like watching her like groove pretty well to the song and we get to the bridge and she just has this look of just like somewhere in between like disgust and pain. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. This song does not work. Something's not right here. And so, like after that, I was like, "Oh man!" So, so then we played it in Louisville, and like no one was vibing at all. So oh, I think at that point, no. I was like, "Oh yeah, dude, we gotta we gotta change this big time." Mila, do you remember that?
4: <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> She's not going to de- confirm yeah, nor deny.
4: Yeah, I remember. I remember Richter. And I just yeah, I was just kind of bopping along, and I was like, "Huh." this is different, (laughs) but I didn't know my face was doing a thing. Sorry about
3: that. Your face was essentially spitting in my face. Is how it felt. It was rough.
0: Well, and and not to get get all serious or whatever, but that is such a perfect example of the value of being able to play, play live and try shit out. Right. Like, because you can hear things in a control room or in a rehearsal space, but until you get it in front of people, uh, it, and to see whether or not they have something to latch on to or th- I love this example even more because it sounds like uh, someone's like just kind of like grooving with the song. And then you can see a visceral reaction when you get to the section where you've lost them. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. And And kind of in tandem with that, like talking about how long you guys have had this song and how many possible different versions you've had. And then here I am getting the link and then listening to it in the control room with, with Matt. And to me, it just sounds like this brilliant four minute long, uh, it's pop, but it's not cheesy. it, it makes me feel good, but there's that perfect amount of melancholy to it. Like there's all these different kind of vibes going on. And, and I, I think people, including other musicians and writers forget how important it is to fuck up a song. You know yeah. what I mean? And sometimes yeah. you can save it and, and you can get it somewhere. And sometimes it just sucks yeah. and that's okay. Cause that whole process is super important. You know, you're right. Well, and it
2: was so crucial to us to get that reaction because we thought we were doing something so cool. Right.
0: And we're like, yeah, this is yeah. it. This is the <laughs> yeah.
2: this is the vibe. Um, and it
3: wasn't. <laughs> These are the vibes right here.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so Mila, let's talk about this because you, you have um, this interesting perspective as someone that's gotten to see the band before they knew they were going to be a member of the band. Or maybe you didn't. I don't know how the timeline went, but what was that process? Because the guys have been on the show quite a few times and we've had a couple different incarnations, right? And yeah. so I want to make sure, you know, you're welcomed into the family. Uh, just kind of yeah. want to know how you came to be in venture boy.
4: Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, well, I think Matt and I met, I guess, and I think it was sidewalk. Yeah. We had like yeah. mutual friends and then we just started talking about music and I was like, yeah, I play percussion. And he was like, Oh, Cool. And then I think later on, you were doing, like, a solo thing at Interstellar. And then I just accompanied you um, on, like, a few songs. Um, Some songs that, like, were grandfathered over into Venture Boy, too. Um, Like, uh, Much Love. Um, I remember that specifically just because, like, I had set up, like, jingle bells to hit with my foot <laughs> while I was playing like cajon it was like a really weird thing but it it worked out um <laughs> so I was and I, I think I remember I went in with like in one re- rehearsal and I was actually on drums um but then I I went to go visit like my aunt in like Spain and I was gone for like two months and then I came back, and like Matt's like, oh, I have a I have a band. I was like, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> um, and then I remember going to the to uh, the other show at Interstellar, um, where like they had like the full band together, um, and it was I was like, okay, yes, this is good. This is good, very Man. good, Matt. I love this. Um, and we kind of just like I I played with a lot of different bands just cause I, I love playing and just, you know, getting in the music and stuff. But primarily like, you know, I, uh, played drums and I was playing with this artist named Jada Cato. Yeah. Um, and I was playing drums for her, but, um, she expanded her band and she was like, Hey, what do you think about bass? And I was like, I'll give it a shot. So I've only actually love been it. playing bass for like a, over a year and a half now. Um, uh and it's all cause like a uh, Jada pushed me to like start cause she needed a bassist. Um and then I think that's uh I ended up filling in for transistor for a couple of their shows and one of um the shows that they played was actually with um Venture Boy at the upstairs in Avondale. Oh, cool. Um and then um after that said she remember like Cam being like, Dude, that was so sick. <laughs> that was so sick. And I was like, nice. Cameron didn't spit at me that time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And so I was like, cool, cool. Cameron likes it. And then eventually just, I don't, I don't, we, I mean, like, we've just maintained like good friendship and everything. And like, we're just like really supportive of each other, like musically. And then like one day I just get a phone call from Matt, And he's like, Hey, do you want to be in Venture Boy? And I was like, Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's cool to hear that kind of story and how it happened, and it sounds like it was a very natural thing that just kind of happened over time, you know, because sometimes yeah. you hear about those, like, people just, I need a bass player, yeah. and just, like, whoever can show up and be the best is it, but when, would you get to, I don't know, it's almost like you get to test different people out over time and, like, see, and not, I don't mean as far as ability, but just... Um, ability is important, all that kind of stuff, but it's especially in a band context, in a creative context, like the fact that you can vibe with someone and have things to talk about sometimes is more important than how good someone is at an instrument. You know what I mean? And if you have yeah. if you have both, right, which is, seems like what you've you've landed here with adding uh, Mila on bass or whatever, yeah. then that makes me excited to... Uh, kind of get into and hear what you guys end up creating together down the road. Yeah. You know, because all that stuff plays into that so heavily.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it's been such a cool, like you said, a good transformation to see, um, I mean, like like Mila was saying, the beginning stages of it and naturally just being like, yeah, Mila would be perfect for, for this position. Um, and then from there she has – and we already knew she was talented, but she has made herself like completely – and totally, you know, center stage valuable to uh, the band just by helping with, like, writing those lyrics for After Hours. Right. She asked me the hard questions that no one else would ask me. Yeah, she was like, "What does this mean?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "It's just like a cool thing." And she's like, "No, no, 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 no. What does that mean?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." Yeah. And then we'd go back and revise it. And we, I mean, she went line by line with me through After Hours. Wow. We've done that with other songs. Um, and same with like you know different parts of the song and and right. things like that. But yeah, she's just very quickly and and we are, we love it. She's made herself at home with us and we we value her greatly in the band. We love having her.
0: That's cool. Well,
1: <laughs> I know <laughs>
2: trying to make everybody cry today. You're up next, Cam. Here we go. Here we go, Cam.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be a different type yeah. of tears though. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's take a couple steps back again and go yeah. to, um, let's talk about the life of this song, uh, yeah. as far as, uh, you know, you just gave, you guys just gave an example about like a bridge, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, without getting too in the weeds or the minutia, like what was, what were the roadblocks with this song? Can't like, write why it did it good. take two years?
2: <laughs> and, well... Uh, Cameron <laughs> can attest. What do you think?
3: Um, uh, other than the bridge, I don't, it, so basically <laughs> what what had happened was after we realized that bridge was dog shit, we, we basically, Matt invited me over to his apartment one day and was like, hey, you want to just mess around with after hours? And I think I was over there like two or three hours and basically we took that like demo file we had and just sliced it up completely took the bridge out and just kept rearranging things just to see what works and i was like what if we just had like a basic song structure that you can't mess up yeah and it was like fine let's try that we played it back and we didn't even say anything we just stared at each other i was like that's it there we (laughs) go so i think it was more of like we do this thing to where and matt and i talk about it all the time Especially with like guitar parts and, and like bass lines, we overwrite mm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have just shit that's just like way too overwritten. And we'll and we'll think it's good and then we'll revisit it like a month later and be like, Wow, this sucks. Yeah. And what we'll do is basically just end up simplifying it. So we did that with an entire song rather than just like a riff or two. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it made all of the difference in the world. I think I think like once we did that at that point, it was just about like kind of like honing in like what little things we wanted, kind of like buried it in the song, like little synth parts here and there and then like the drum line. And then I know that <laughs> Matt had like lyrics written and then we thought the song was pretty much done. We were getting ready to <laughs> oh, do yeah. like, the final part. And Matt was like, Matt texted me one day and was like, hey, I think I'm going to uh, rewrite After Hours. Like Dude, please, please no. Please, <laughs> please stop. <laughs> <laughs> please <laughs> please. But he ended up rewriting reworking the lyrics a little bit and it, it worked out in his favor. So, you know, it was just like random things. Basically, our roadblocks were ourselves. Pretty
2: yeah.
1: much
3: just the overwriting yeah.
2: stuff. Well, and I, I think the verse melody had so many different approaches because we, we really liked the chorus and the pre-chorus. Those have mm-hmm. always been in place and then from there like we like Cameron was saying the song structure was important and then the uh, the melody leading into it I mean how do you how do you wind up into Into, you're kind of reverse
0: engineering yeah
2: which I would not recommend doing that That it can be
0: hard man it's miserable yeah I think that's one I think sometimes that's why subconsciously I'm kind of I don't know uh, apprehensive about when my first idea for a song is the chorus oh I'm like shit because I, I you gotta <laughs> I gotta work backwards to get myself to this part that I like, you mm-hmm. know. And, and in that case, a lot of times you're talking about a whole verse and a pre-chorus that you've got to write to get yourself into that thing. That for a lot of people comes last. Which
2: sounds like that would be easy because you're mm. like, oh, I know where I need to go. But you're right; the reverse engineering part
0: makes it so much harder. When you get in your head about chord structure and key, where it's <sighs> like you've written it and i'm like oh okay so, so this must be in d so it's like a 6514 thing but then you're like yeah but it could be in a and that makes it you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. like i could go a different route with this first and it's almost like you you fall victim to the problem of having too many options yes and it goes back to what you guys were just yep. saying like you ended up dialing it in after you made it real complicated and fucked out, and yeah. then, oh, let's just go back to normal, yeah, right That's, <laughs> it really it was,
2: worked. yeah, because we we were doing all these experimental things, just like we were saying weird bridge, weird song structure, what was it before? was it verse chorus, bridge, chorus? it was like something so weird, like so so abnormal. Do you remember, Cameron? I can't remember
3: I think it was I think it was verse chorus, half a verse. Weird bridge, <laughs> and then chorus. chorus maybe.
0: Yeah. It yeah. was weird,
3: and then like, and then like, we always—it's kind of like a running joke now with the song with Matt and I. But he had like, like the lyrics in the bridge were hilarious, and like, they were bad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, Do you remember any? Of them? There's like, yeah, there was one one line that I always always. Dogged me before, which you should something have. About, <laughs> it was something about, like, oh, no. like something, something, and then put your phone aside. That's it what was it was. was. Like, but had nothing to do with whatever <laughs> was going on. And it would just always stand out. Like, every he time you would it play it, it, it would stand out, that one lyric. But, yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes you just got to cut the fat, man. You know, yeah. Get that <laughs> shit out of there. Um, so, um, one thing, one observation from getting to listen to this song a few times, too, is from, like, a production standpoint, I caught myself... Um, feeling like, oh, here's a new section. And it was like, oh, no, 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 this is, we've already, maybe it's the pre-chorus, but this time it's got, like, this halftime groove on it, yeah. and and it almost makes it feel like it's a, a C or a D section that's been added. And then you're like, oh, no, no, that's the same melody, that's the same, I've already been here, but the treatment was, felt different. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how did you guys make those kind of decisions from a production standpoint? That was the trickiest part,
2: I think, because once we realized this was going to be a very standard song structure, it felt like, well, where's the bridge? Where's the, you know what I mean? Like, where's that Where's that C section? Where's right. that D section? Um, and we, we just were like, okay, because of the song length, because of like how long we groove on these chords, we have to kind of abbreviate everything else or we have to at least make everything that's there valuable. So if something's going to be there, it needs to be presented differently or it needs to be presented with certain energy or whatever. So we did the same thing. We recorded so many different ideas for the verses and for um, pre-chorus stuff. And I think that that really bad bridge that we were talking about from the original became this really cool, like you were saying, the second pre-chorus of a true halftime moment. And I think that helps... Like you said, feel like a bridge because um, the song doesn't have a bridge. It has like an interlude mm-hmm. with the guitar part, but um, yeah, it was it was a lot of that stuff. We did a bunch of weird uh, sonic texture things. Do you remember like the hitting the glass of water in there and oh yeah, weird stuff like that.
0: And what else did we put next in there? T- next time you guys have a song that takes this kind of path, we just need to, and we do one of these things f- uh, as a single release. We should do just blatantly like rip off Song Exploder. And like, if you still have yeah. all those crazy ideas on files somewhere in a in an old session, like let's fucking pull them up and listen to them because I think that They're stuff's really <laughs> it's really valuable. To um, people get so uh, focused and rightly so on. On the, the bulk work, like writing the song, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, but then there's there can be all these decisions within a song. Like, even if you've settled on this is the arrangement, it's intro, verse, chorus, you know, bridge, chorus, chorus, whatever, right? Um, it's things like, well, do we dynamics? What's happening dynamically? Yeah, right. And you can kind of go all over the place. And and it's just, I guess the point is, it's really strange that sometimes you go on these crazy rabbit holes down these chasing something to only come back to, to where you started. Yeah. And then sometimes you just know not to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And I'm not saying going that like, I think there's benefit in going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. But sometimes songs come about really simply like you Mm -hmm. write them on Monday and they're kind of done by in two weeks. Yeah, which maybe not recorded, and nice. mixed, and everything. I just mean structure of song. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, that'd be fun to like mm-hmm. pick up out all that stuff because I can only imagine the shit that you guys threw away. So much, <laughs> the good stuff too. There was sure. good stuff. Do you remember yeah. that verse, Cameron, with the guitar
2: part that we laid over at The do you remember that part? It was wait in... wait what? Do you remember in the one of the earlier verses we had a, there was a guitar part oh, that played God. on. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> we tossed that. We had to. Heartbreaking.
3: Heartbreaking.
2: Um, when Mila, you even heard it. Did you hear it before the final verse melody that we have now? Did you hear other ones or was that the first time you'd heard it? I can't remember. Uh,
4: I think I heard like an extra long version of it. Probably. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds about
2: right. Uh,
4: Seven yeah, minute I version. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> Extended version, director's cut. Um, yeah, so I think I heard one previous version before. Like uh, you guys had it a little bit more like trimmed out.
2: Well, and I think since you've been in the band, we've worked on new, new stuff. You've been able to see that that progression, like our parallel universe and stuff like that. You've been able to see it a little bit closer because um, that's been happening as we're as we're all together working on it together. Finally, yeah, but. Yeah, we we went all out in making sure that this song was the best version of the song that it could be and then went crazy with promotional stuff just were like, okay, we like we like the song, how can we, you know, get people's attention with it.
0: Yeah, and I definitely want to move into that side of things as well, but before we do, I just yeah. want to say like the, the conversation about this song to me is like a is like a lesson. You know what I'm saying? In in you guys every time you guys put something out now I realize that I always like it. Thank Does that you. make sense, right? Like so this single came out, I've heard it, I love it. Right? I've only listened to it 3 times. Thank and you. the reason why that happens with you guys is because you do chase the rabbit sometimes. And and you actually care. You it seems like you guys have a lot of stamina for getting it done, even if it takes two years. Right. Yeah. And I think that's when the ratio of how much of the content you put out is truly good goes way high. You know Which what I'm saying? We hope
2: for Yeah. We hope for that quality.
0: Right. I mean, I think that's something that people it's really, it seems really obvious to talk about. Like you really put the time in and you really work hard and it's going to be good. Well, no shit. But that's, a, that's an easy thing to kind of lose sight of when you're in the middle of something and not um, letting it be kind of born, if you will, when it's ready to. Not yeah. feeling like anything has to be forced. Um, if it takes one month or if it takes three years, that's just what it took. And I think a lot of people could learn from that. You know what I mean? Because you don't want – it goes back to that idea of if you're going to make a full-length – Don't write 10 songs for your 10-song full length. You need to write 20 songs at minimum. Oh, yeah. And then decide which 10 are going to work together and be the best for putting your record out. You know what I mean? And I think that also speaks to a certain type of um, work ethic. People don't think of musicians as as having work ethic. (laughs) But it's... And that's I don't mean though. it's the same as digging ditches or, you know, manual labor or any, you know, a lot of shitty work that's out there, but it is right. work. It is, especially <laughs> you know? mentally,
2: like you were saying, sure. to have the stamina to revisit it so many times. Yeah. And there were many times where I was like, well, this would have been a cool song. And I set it aside and I was like, well, I, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. I don't even remember when we buckled down and just said, we're going to do it. But like you said, we had to kind of decide, like, okay, we're going to push past it. We're gonna keep writing till we find the thing that works. Mm-hmm. Um and I think we had a good litmus test because we waited to show it to a lot of people until we felt really good about the new song form. Right. And then send it to people we trust and they were like, This this a banger, this yep. a bob. And I was like, Great. That's gonna be the point where I have to where we have to let, let go, go of go. it. Yep. Um and it is the the best version of that song, but it like we said, it took it took two solid years. Um, the longest I've ever spent on a song, I think. That's personally. Cool, man. That's and great. I think collectively, so far too.
0: And it was worth it. So very much so. Um, all right, Thank so let's you. talk right. about let's talk about some of y'all's crazy shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Press one for the strange ecstasy fantasy. Press two for the Tigers in Texas Escapade. Press three for the Eden reverie Press five for the Purple Rose Remedy. Press six for the Odyssey escape or press pound to return to the main menu.
0: I'm just going to, I don't even know how to set it up. So you, why don't you guys just just take it? (laughs)
2: Well, here I'll I'll set it up and then I'll I'll pass it on to the other folks because I I can give the premise, but then so much work went into like we have an ad airing for it um, this week or like uh, promotional stuff or Cameron wrote the script for it. So anyway, I'll I'll give them that. I'll just set it up, but basically. I was taking these pictures that we had from our, our Auburn photo shoot. And also we did a session with Weagle radio, their college radio station. And our friend um, Dylan Bazin did some great pictures for us. And I gave him this, the sound that we were looking for, like the vibe we were looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, related to after hours. And um, he was like, okay, God totally got it. And he took some cool pictures. And I, and I thought about how we're going to post it. And I was like, okay, how funny would it be if we posted like a fictional, like 1, 800 after hours. And then I was like, Well, how much like what would it take to actually create Mm -hmm. a toll line? Because I've seen like, um, like Lana Del Rey did that for one of her albums, and people have done that, you know, kind Mm of uh, rain of sparsely and randomly. And I was like, this could be kind of cool. So from there, just looked into how to do it, and uh, got like basically hired someone, if you will, to do the voice acting. And anyway, so that's that's the setup. Um, I'll pass it to Cameron because he wrote the script, and you guys both had. A lot of input on it so i want to hear both y'all's thoughts on it
3: how much am i allowed to say <laughs>
2: as much as you want
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> okay um yeah so basically matt like pitched me this idea of like the the hotline um and me being the weirdo that i am was like super gung-ho about it um and like Honestly, like, I, I asked Matt because he was like, we can like work on a script. And I was like, I mean, I can sit here and work on something. I have kind of a base idea. How weird am I allowed to go? he said, just go all out and we'll see how we go. Um, and like, so I'm a big, I, I mean, we've talked about this the last time. We're big fans of David Lynch. Yeah. Um, but I'm also a big uh, uh, Cronenberg fan. So, like, I wanted to approach it – I had this idea to approach it as, like, Black Lodge meets kind of the premise of – or the visuals of Videodrome. Yeah, man. If you've ever seen that movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, like – so, I wanted to – so, Matt pitched this idea of, like, so we're going to do – I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I guess you could just cut it out if not. The music video? Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, You can talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. We can, I mean, no one knows about it
2: yet, so we can kind of hint at it and and talk about it Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. As like the initial scoop. Cool.
3: So we're like, uh, so we're going to shoot a music video for after hours. So it kind of came to a point where it's like, what if we tied this in to the music video? Um, So I wrote this script for like, spoiler for the after hours hotline, but there are two hidden functions in there where you'll get to talk to the lady that's actually on the after hours hotline, but she's like less robotic and more of a person. Mm -hmm. So the first time you encounter that, she's kind of like gives you a hint. It's like, Hey, re-listen to this. So you re-listen to the main menu and you get a, a secret option, which will take you to her completely breaking out of that operator's line. And it just is basically ends up being a girl that is trapped within the hotline and she alludes to a left eye, which is kind of like the overseer. So basically we took, I took this weird opportunity and my weirdness to start building like more behind this music video, basically. So I don't know. I pitched Matt a script and I was very surprised that he was, super for it and so we i was able to be as weird as i could and it somehow worked
1: dude i
0: i I told matt when he we talked i don't know a couple weeks ago and he kind of explained like the premise or whatever and was like here i'll just text you the number check it out or whatever and part of it is because you know like we all talked last time like i'm a huge david lynch fan um me and van like Videodrome is on DVD in the control room of our studio at all times. That's right. And uh, it also reminded me, I don't know why, but it also reminded me of being a super like lost nerd back when it was on yeah. and they had like message boards and they, and like, you know, there was an oh, yeah. oceanic air website that you could go to. Right. Or, um, just all these kind of weird backdoor Easter eggy types of things. And it reminded me of that too. Like going back yeah. to the main menu again. And like, if I remember right, like her voice, I think you mentioned like her voice was different. Um, mm-hmm. just all those, like, I'm a sucker for that shit. I love it. And any <laughs> any time people right now where everyone, it seems like no one knows how to promote anything and it's just such a, been such a weird time if you make music or art of any kind, and to, for you guys to just say fuck it, yeah, right, like yeah, if we don't really, kn- I'm not saying you didn't, but if we don't really know what to do, like let's just have something fun and let's go for it, yeah, right, like that's what I love about this is that you guys went for it. There's like detail to it, and now now it sounds like there's this aspect of the video that's going to be tied into everything and I love that kind of stuff, man.
2: Well, I think it it just kind of naturally worked well with that. Go ahead.
3: Right. I was just going to say, it ties in basically like the girl that's trapped within the phone is the protagonist of our music video. Right. Okay. Cool. It just falls so perfectly into place with how we were able to like build the hotline. And I want to like, I keep like telling people about it and, and it's not because I'm like super proud of it or whatever, but like, like you said, I'm a sucker for that kind of shit. So, like, I'm like, look at this, look at this, look, it's secret, but it's also going to tie into this. So, yeah. like, you can have the music video at face value, but you're also missing this weird shit that can kind of like maybe explain the music video a little bit better. Sure.
2: Well, and the hotline itself, I think, also has that function as well because I've, I get to see all the call logs uh, and I get to see if people actually find all the messages. Yeah. And I'll see people get on there and, like, I've talked to someone at work. And it comes across like one of those late night 90s, like, you know, 800 numbers or Mm -hmm. whatever that you call, like, uh, what is it? Singles connection or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. And so the voice gets on there and it's also got like a corporate sort of side to it. So you get on there, you're like, what is this? And it's kind of mysterious. And then the, the really obvious function is like, hey, press three to hear a preview of this upcoming song. Right. So you can do that and you get, you know, 15 to 20 seconds of after hours. Right. And then I've seen a lot of people go, that was cool. And then they hang up and mm. that's totally fine too. Like that's an appropriate sure. way to use it. But if you go through the other functions and you like, cause there's a, another option that says a, a list of our, our, an overview of our services, which is previews of all the other songs. Yeah, yeah. There's one missing. And it's also because that song ties into the, it's a song from the EP, but that ties into the hotline and also into the video. So it all starts to kind of, I think the hotline becomes a bridge for all
0: that. Well, it's like creating this weird little world. Yeah. It's like a different, like alternate reality. You know what I mean? Yeah.
4: Yeah. And that's like, that's like something that Matt and I, after like, uh, I think while Cameron was giving us like, you know, the script for the hotline, um, I literally just went down a rabbit hole myself and kind of like established, um, like kind of like, context and started like linking all of our songs together to like fully flesh out this world. Mm. And it's stuff that we still have to work on, but basically like, I think we all kind of came into the agreement that like this hotline is basically the first establishment of like the venture boy world yeah. and um how it operates and like, you know, what our album is like, you know, going to do and like what our songs and how our songs fit and things like that too. And it's just like really cool. And there's like, I literally, my brain is like on fire, like, especially with this hotline thing. I think it was like one of the best ideas that like Hell uh, yeah. we personally came up with not just like, just to like promote it just cause it's unique, but just like for ourselves and to kind of like, you know, motivate us and like, you know, keep us going. Um, because like, you know, it has been hard, like, you know, without live shows and, and like going through the pandemic and everything. And so this is kind of like, uh, like a, a relighting of a fire, to kind of like you
0: know establish ourselves in this, and it's so yeah, it's it
4: um, we have a story to follow basically.
0: Yeah, it seems like it has created this kind of. Um, it's so funny hearing you guys talk about it too, because it, it it just goes to show that if you will like be willing to jump off the ledge with an idea, and like to like actually quote David Lynch, like he says. Um, I use it all the time and I wish it was my wording and I'm going to butcher it. But he was basically like, he just falls in love with things. Yeah. And then once it's, whether it's, you know, the idea for twin peaks or the idea for one of his movies or whatever it is. And then he just lets himself be in love with it and, and is open to what it can become and what the other things um, that it can touch. Right. So hearing this example of this, cool fun thing that has turned into the kind of impetus for linking all these other stories and some of them might not even exist yet. And, and building that into how you're going to present the next EP or record. It sounds like, right. It's like it becomes all encompassing like that. And that's where you are creating a world for people to, to live in and kind of escape in, right? Like, yeah. I loved bands like that. I loved bands where if I bought the vinyl or the CD back in the day, it wasn't just that I could read the lyrics. I loved the bands that that put all this extra stuff in it. You really had to look through each page and look at the pictures that were in there because there was always something in a picture that referenced something from a song lyric in track five.
4: Yeah. Right, but unless mm-hmm. you take
0: the time to like let yourself jump into that world, it's not there. Yeah, right. It's just a CD booklet. Yeah, I just love that mm-hmm. idea of of building this foundational world for Venture Boy to live in because I've always seen you guys. I mean, this is really interesting for me to know you, Matt, from yeah. before you know, well before Venture Boy. Oh yeah, and and work tacitly um with you in music even if it's just like hey here's a song idea will you listen to it for me or whatever to go watch people go from <sighs> seemingly like okay i just got really good good at writing songs i'm just gonna keep doing it right which is what you did and then you find cameron and you find you know now you got mila and you you find these people that are like-minded and you can Kind of grow and explore with, but then Venture Boy turned into its own thing. It's almost like it was set up to be this kind of a thing. Does that make sense? Sure, with what yeah. you guys are doing now. Um, it, it's not just about because for a while it felt like, oh, it's Matt Sanderlin's band Venture Boy, it's right. really just Matt Sanderlin solo with a band name, right? But it's not, no. You know what I mean? It's it's, yeah. it's truly its own thing. And to see you guys be able to develop that is really cool. That's my long-winded saying, way of saying that I think it's really badass.
2: Well, thank you. I mean, it couldn't have worked this way with any other group of people. It, having, like you said, like-minded folks who are just as creative, just as driven. Um, this is the only way this came together. So it's, it's definitely, yeah, been an incredibly fun group effort. Yeah. We love, we love doing, we love doing stuff like that.
0: When it allows everyone in, in the group or the project to really just be good at what they do and not having to wear a whole bunch of different hats. Right. Like it's like, oh, Matt has this idea and then, or Cameron's like, okay, well, I'm going to write a full on fucking script. Yeah. And then Mila's like, okay, but I can do this part. You know what I mean? And that, that's actually pretty rare for things to happen like that with a group of people.
2: It's true. It's true
0: all right so let's talk a little bit more about um, kind of the the hotline like what's going on with the video like where are you guys right now what's what music is gonna yeah. be happening <laughs> are you guys putting a string a string of singles out do you have a record half recorded like what's going on that's a really good question where are you
2: guys um, we <laughs> I'd say the the best way to put it is that we are we have a lot of material lined up. We have several singles that are near completion. Um, and the goal is obviously the next record. We also have some like kind of uh, revisionary work we're going to be doing with the EP, expanding it, because it, it was initially going to be a concept album that Cameron and I had worked out. And then I brought Mila in on what it was and what the idea is, and, and that'll also grow this cool. lore behind the songs. And so a lot of those are... are um, from that era, the like songs that were going to be on the album, but we didn't record them or whatever. And mm-hmm. those are going to make it back into this maybe expanded version of the EP that'll okay. kind of become like a gotcha. revisionary first album. And then um, from there, all the new stuff is kind of in its own new phase gotcha. of things. So we have several new songs. Um, the goal is to do, like we said, we got our music video lined up and we're going to do that. And then, Kind of see what the reaction is, I think, and then mm-hmm. follow that up with probably at least one to two new singles before the year is up, and just start to slowly, like we said, focus on quality, focus on building out stories, um, and we it will lead to the the set what we're gonna call the second album, but really the the first you know album, full, full album, yeah, that's cool. That'll happen um, probably next year is when we'll see that.
0: So something fruition. like After Hours will be kind of a, like a retroactive like addition to the EP,
2: is what you're saying. Sorry, this is so confusing. Um, so Visions and After Hours uh-huh. are album two, if you will. Ah, gotcha. And okay. then we have songs that were around, like Much Love is one that Mila said, or Breathing Into the Room. I gotcha. And they're going to be added to a uh, an
0: expanded version okay. of the EP. So After Hours, for example, is the new shit.
1: Yes. Okay, yeah. cool.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Um, what do you guys have going on? I mean, things are start, people are booking shows again. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you guys sitting with all that? Well, as we far just, as like playing live and everything, we just played
2: the Nick, um, on, on Friday, be this past Friday when this airs or Saturday,
0: Okay, cool. Saturday,
2: right? yep. cause it's still air on the Sunday. So
0: yeah, well this podcast, this podcast will come yeah. out tomorrow because the single's oh. out tomorrow right yeah
2: yeah, yeah. okay so we're we'll well releasing this conversation we'll be, tomorrow let we'll me back that up then oh, we hey. will be playing yeah <laughs> on on that tomorrow we'll be playing on saturday may 1st sweet um, let's just make it easy um we're playing the nick what time and, uh doors at nine show at 10 cool and there are two other cool bands that are opening for us henry waller and his band and then matt bryant who we've played with before yep. at mom's basement cool awesome dude we're just so grateful. I mean, I, I I feel like we can all speak for how, how much we've missed live music, but it's it's a hard thing to book a show right now. It's hard. Yeah. Like it's it's possible, but um, local bands are definitely getting the bad end of the stick. And so we are so so grateful for like places like the Nick that are actively trying to keep our local music scene alive. For
0: sure. Yeah, that's been those people's ability to transition. Um, I mean, hopefully everyone has learned and is learning a lot from this pandemic and the whole process. And I know it's been that way for me. And one of the things was I didn't realize how much I took playing for live granted, Mm. you know, Um, and now that it's it's back out there. I, I am glad that I saw places like that had the outdoor space like Avondale or Nick the Nick creating a space out front They're so <laughs> you know what I mean? to be yeah. able to do like socially distanced shows and stuff like that. Um, I, I think, I think on both sides, there's been this obvious desire to, to miss playing live and want to get back out there. But I feel like, and may, maybe I'm too hopeful, but I feel like some of the venues too around town have kind of realized that they took it for granted too. Yeah, Does it make sense? And like the value of having so many talented people in the city that you're in, right? It's That's not true. just dependent. You don't just have to be t- dependent on national acts coming through. Yeah. You-, you can book really great bands in your own city, which is Birmingham. You know what I'm saying? What
2: we're really hoping that they'll see, like you're saying. Yeah. And the one on Saturday will be Mila's first show with us, official show. For real? Yeah. She played in Auburn with us, but yeah, she's. What, are you excited? How do you feel?
4: Yeah, I'm going to pee my pants, probably. <laughs> it's fine.
2: it <It'll> be good. Because <laughs> it's, it's also, I mean, it's our first show in a year, and I think it'll be your first show in
0: over a year, too, right, Mila? Yeah.
1: We yeah? Will?
0: Yeah, I can't. I'm playing the Nick I mean, tomorrow night, actually. Oh, the night before you guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And I can't wait to play an indoor show again, man. It's been too long. Yeah. Um yeah I think we we did Weagle and Weagle
2: was fun but um I think yeah the live the live you know full band thing Mila's going she's, she's going to see it's a whole different experience but I think she's excited
0: about it well, I can't wait to see you guys play am,
4: I'm very excited
0: Hell, yeah I'll be there with Bells on by god at the <laughs> neck I can't wait
4: <laughs> Um
0: all right well what else do you want people to know before we get out of here, so what's actually what's the number? That's a really good question, uh, Cameron.
2: You want to give them the number?
3: I mean, I, do you know the numbers? Because all I know is it's one eight hundred after hours. But there you go. It's, or
2: so or it's, no, what it's
3: one eight five five right? Yeah, one eight five
2: five, and then after hours, mostly consonants. A F T R H R S. Cool, um, which is like uh, I want to say it's two three eight. Seven four seven, seven, I'm gonna double check that real quick, but i've I've dialed it so many times d r h r s pretty yeah, okay, uh one eight five five two three eight seven four seven seven but anyway, eight five, five after hours, and it'll be up for a little while longer. um We're planning to take it down for a little bit just to kind of help push the attention back onto this song, sure, um but we're thinking about how we can reopen it in new ways later.
0: Hell yeah! Well, I can't wait, you guys. I really appreciate you guys, uh, uh, Mila and uh, Cameron. Thanks for calling in during your your Thursday afternoon or whatever yeah, to make this happen. Great. Really appreciate <laughs>
3: it. No problem.
4: Thanks for having us.
3: Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah,
4: for sure.
0: This was awesome. Yeah, Mila, I can't wait to meet you in person at the Nick. It'll be it'll be fun.
4: Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! For
2: sure.
4: Thank you for this warm welcome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll mention this about the Nick as well. We um we are excited about the show. And we are, it's a little bit bittersweet. Our very close friend and, and dear drummer boy, um, Eric Buck, will be playing his last show with us that night. Um, and mm. then from there, we'll be looking at some other um, folks playing drums with us. But it's a special night to get to celebrate him, and we want to encourage folks who haven't seen us to come out and see us that night in that iteration. And also, if you have seen us and you want to give Eric a proper send-off, we also encourage you to come and celebrate um, all the hard work he's put into the band with us. We, we love that boy.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again. Everyone check out the single from Venture Boy, After Hours. Uh Dial that that one eight five five number. It's fun. I promise. I've done it. And uh <laughs> I can't wait to get, have you guys back uh, for the next single. Thank you, Brad.
2: We always appreciate you having us. We love what you guys do with Local Mash. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. All right. Bye, guys.